Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's back. I am. Yay! Yay! Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I gave birth seven weeks and one day ago. Yeah, you popped out a spud. I don't, know, I don't know if I popped it out so much as it was forcibly removed after he, 30 hours of labor. Uh, uh, it's a boy. It, I, for now. A very adorable <laughs> boy. Thank you. Yeah, he was much bigger than we anticipated. He was nine pounds, one ounce at birth. Yeah, he's a chunk. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's probably around 13 pounds now. So yeah. he's gaining weight very, very quickly. He was more than his birth weight at his first doctor's appointment. So nice. Which is apparently uncommon. <laughs> yeah. He's I have a little tub. I have an aggressive oversupply of milk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was, it, pregnancy sucked. Birth was awful. Um, so unless you actually want a baby, I don't recommend it. Right? Yeah. It's funny how that is. Yeah. I yeah. mean, haha, not funny. Not funny. It was terrible. All. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of my excess amniotic fluid, they were like, you're not going to go into labor on your own. So they had to induce me. And I had not actually like dilated any, so I had to be like fully induced. So I got a fully catheter in my cervix, which hurts. Ouch. Yeah. Sure. And then I was, I was like, I'm not going to deal with this more than I have to. So I got the epidural before they broke my water with a knitting needle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then... Um, Pitocin is the pits. I, I, I don't know that much. I was mostly just bored because I had an epidural. Because <laughs> I did not want to go through that more than I had to. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I mean, I had to deal with it for 30 hours, so I still had to deal with it more than I wanted to. Yeah. It's a long day. Yeah, I never actually progressed past like six centimeters. I might have progressed to seven if they were if if we're being generous. But my giant child's giant head made my cervix swollen, so they're like, "You're not gonna. This is just not gonna happen. Can we cut you open?" And I was like, "Fine, whatever." Get so, it out. So so <laughs> then uh, they they upped the medicine for the epidural, so I would feel less. Um, but that didn't work out so well because I felt some nerve pain when they were removing him and I was screaming on the table. So that was fun. I felt really bad for the anesthesia team because they <laughs> apparently at one point they peeked over the curtain, shrugged, and then pushed more drugs. <laughs> they told my partner, we're going to give her something so she won't remember everything. So I, I, rem- <laughs> I remember the entire surgery. I, I don't remember a portion after it. Right. But I do at least remember seeing my baby for the first time and going, oh, my God, I don't resent him. <laughs> Which is good, because that was my concern after my terrible pregnancy and an even nightmare of a of a birth. Right. So, yeah, I like my baby. He's very cute. He's a very good baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It it really is, I think, quite amazing. It's it's until you either experience it firsthand or you know watch someone go through it. It's very traumatic sometimes <laughs> to see yeah. a birth, and and you know that was something for for my wife, especially for our second kid. It's watching that. It's like oh. This has to be like something that you really want <laughs> because if it's just sprung upon you, 
Uh, How could you go through that? That's consciously, you know, when, not good without no. being terrified or. You know, I, I mean, even if you like, do you want to go through it? It can still be. I'm sure terrifying, <laughs> regardless. So yeah, yeah so right. imagine that Plus, and not being what you wanted in the first place. So yeah, turns out things go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Wrong. Yeah. I have no idea what I would have done if there like hadn't been medical intervention, especially since he was breech right. and nine pounds. When would I have gotten into labor? I have no idea. You might even still be pregnant right now. Yeah. Oh God, no! I thought it was like already like forty-seven weeks. I was I was forty weeks and four days when they finally were like now we got to induce you. Well, yeah. there's a point where it's just like you know somebody wearing a, a jelly suit. Ah, yeah, pretty much. I'd be like, oh, I'm just he just springs forth from my uterus, fully formed like a Cena from Zeus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so, uh, what's, what's next? What are you going to do now that you're here? I have followed up with a lot of emails that I got while I was not here. So hopefully like we got some plans going. Um, I'm working, I'll be in Athens next Wednesday meeting with, um, some, hopefully some leaders of the campus groups in that area. Um, maybe some community leaders and a couple of like the other organizers in town, um, so I haven't gotten to Athens yet, so that'll be really exciting. And I've actually never actually spent any time in Athens, so that'll be fun. It's really nice. Yeah. I mean, I heard it's like a little liberal hippie town. It is. I, yeah. There's a lot of those but in Ohio. scenic also, like beautiful. Y- there are a lot of them, but this one's actually liberal. There's, there's a bunch that, you know, they, they Yellow, have the Yellow little Springs? college town. Yellow Springs is like the other one. Okay. The other one. <laughs> yeah. N- Nelsonville? Uh, I'm not sure. But I, th- I think most of them... They're just have... like a bunch of weird, like, settled as a utopia city in, in Ohio. And it's really weird. Right. It's like, oh, you bunch of UUs hanging out in the 1800s. Apparently Marietta, <laughs> there was plans for them to make Marietta into, like, the new capital of the United States because they wanted to move away from Washington, D.C. And if you go to Marietta and you look around, it's like, really? Weird. That's a nice little town, but I mean, not a nation's capital. It was originally moved away from New York City, so whatever. Not, we're, we're definitely going off track now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so a bunch of new activities. Uh, people should email you at Kelly K E L L E Y F, as in Freeman at ProChoiceOhio.org. Because I'm the only one who has the weird email. Because there's two Kellys. Yes. Um, but yeah, we are trying to, well, I say we, I am trying to put together, um, a NARAL knit night, uh, so we can all hang out and do a stitch and bitch and talk about things that are going down. I really want to put together like a yarn bombing project for one of the local clinics. Just like, what is yarn bombing? Yarn bombing is like creating large pieces that can be put on things like wrapped around trees or benches or cars. Um, and they're just like bright and happy, like yarn pieces that are like, it's a temporary installation of art. A little bit of yarn love. Yeah. But Annie, you've done the, uh, the stitch and bitch. How did that go? How was your, how was your Northern Ohio crafting, uh, previously? Uh, we are sort of a rotating group of folks who usually tend to meet for stitch and bitch. Um, and we call ourselves the Cleveland Pro Choice Feminists, which Pam and I came up with. Probably mostly Pam. Feminites. Feminites. Yes. Um, Punny. Ha. 
Um, but yeah, so we have been meeting up since uh, my first year working at Neral in 2015, and it sort of ebbs and flows seasonally a bit, but uh, we're trying to organize a bit more regularly coming into the fall and winter months now because people want to knit again and hold hot yarn. Yes. So um, we'll be uh, meeting up at the end of this month at the Bottle House in Cleveland Heights. So if people want to get in on that, we usually do a short social action. Um, I'm wondering if we should call into Toledo again to call into Randy Ustra and ask him to sign a transfer agreement with ProMedica or perhaps, or perhaps do a letter to the editor or both. Um, and then we'll, you know, people can bring their projects and drink beer and hang out. And uh, we'll have sort of rotating east side, west side locations. Uh, we go to Prosperity Social Club on the west side, um, the other rotating months on and off, um, and it's on a Monday or a Tuesday night. And uh, we will be sticking to those two venues because they're pretty much pro-choice owned and have a lot of pro-choice folks in the crowd. So uh, we found good businesses to support simultaneously. Uh, and then um, otherwise, we're potentially looking into a crisis pregnancy center protest in Cleveland as well because we had a lot of positive response from our Akron crisis pregnancy center protest that we did on the 30th of September. Yeah, that looked great. Thanks. Um, yeah, I was super happy about that because, um, you know, the Akron area sort of has a conglomeration of supporters in Akron and the surrounding towns in Kent and in Canton. And we had sort of like a handful of people from everywhere show up uh, to uh, Pregnancy Solutions and Services, which is a very nefarious uh, place that treats people very poorly, as our intern uh, provided testimony for. Right. Um, so, yeah, so we got some positive response in the Cleveland area saying, oh, you know, like it's a little bit far, but I would love to do this in Cleveland. So I'm uh, thinking about trying to put a date down for that before it gets too cold outside um, and have to talk to Carol, the intern, to see, um, you know, which particular clinic gave her the most interesting experience. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll sort of decide location from, from that testimony. Right. So. so if people want information about things on the northern half of the state, how do they get a hold of you? You can find me on Facebook. I'm Annie Kroll, K-R-O-L. Uh, and I also do email, of course, through NARAL. It's Annie at ProChoiceOhio.org, A-N-N-I-E. Um, and then we have sort of various subgroups on the Internet that I add folks to to organize locally. So like Toledo, we have a specific Facebook group. Um, I Keep abortion safe and legal in Toledo. Yeah, that's the public group. And then we have a private group for the specific actions, which is Toledo won't go back colon the Toledo pro-choice action team. So we make, uh, so if you request to join that, you can get direct updates for everything that we are doing right now. Um, we do a direct action, you know about it that way usually because it's the fastest way that the most people tune in right. usually in that particular group of volunteers. And then we'll send out emails through Gabe through, you know, um, through our right. list of supporters yep. too. So keep a, um, an eye out for that. And if you're not on our email list, you can join anytime. And, uh, ProChoiceOhio.org. Yeah, ProChoiceOhio.org. And uh, you can sign up to volunteer that way. And then if you are in the northern half of the state, I will get your contact information. And then if you're in the southern half, Kelly will, so or central. Don't add me on Facebook. I don't have people. I don't know. I don't trust people that aren't cops. <laughs> Wait, no. No, I don't trust people because they are cops. There Strike that. Reverse it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> if I don't know you, you're a cop. Yeah. I so yeah, so we have that group, we have an Akron and Canton sort of group. Many have, groups. Yeah. All sorts of folks uh to connect with one another and that's sort of my job to connect everybody. So if you find me uh right. online some way, 
I will do that. So if people sign up, they'll get information about activism. They'll also get information about legislation, evil yes. bills that we're facing. Of course. Uh, the most recent that we've seen is the Down syndrome abortion ban. This, uh, we had hearings for and against in the Senate. A separate bill, same topic, in has the House. recently been in the House. Um, and so yesterday we had opposition testimony. That's us. Mm-hmm. Um Patients, doctors, uh, and our own Jamie Miracle, our deputy director, offered up uh, testimony before the House Health Committee. Uh, Kelly, you were there. What was your... Did you enjoy yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my perspective is I, as a new mom, am trying to watch an abortion hearing from people who claim to care about children, and then I have to go to a bathroom to pump milk because there is no lactation room in the Ohio State House. So right. there's this nice disconnect between what they say and what they mean, shockingly enough. Um, it was long and frustrating. We and were in that room for four hours. We were. We were. And, uh, I'm so glad I work in the Cleveland office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... <laughs> On hard wooden chairs. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's it actually started off with a witness that we didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Jane Gerhardt is her name. Uh, I she's... actually missed hers. Oh, it was really good. I was pumping. <laughs> right. Um, she She's the mom of uh, a daughter who has Down syndrome. Um, these people are, uh, one assumes, either pretty much nonpartisan or maybe even Republicans, because the only way that we know about them is, uh, the daughter appeared in a like TV ad with urban Meyer and Josh Mandel, who are both, you know, I mean, urban Meyer is a football coach, but we know he's, he's a Republican. Josh Mandel is a, a bad Republican. He's <laughs> gross. Uh, <laughs> worst. Right. Uh, and so the, this girl appeared in a video with these, uh, two men and that was an appeal for increased Medicaid access, which is something that we do believe in. That's a, a bipartisan supported thing. So, um, you know, we didn't know that, uh, that Jane Gerhardt, the mother of this young, uh, girl, uh, she would be testifying she just, her name popped up on the witness list and she went first. She presented testimony that I felt was really unique of all of the other witnesses that we've heard on this so far. She was basically saying, listen, I come representing, you know, as a parent of a, a disabled person, I come representing the disabled community and this bill basically picks and chooses one disability over another and then applies legal standards to it. And that's completely unfair to the disabled community. And so this is terrible legislation based not on actual concern for these individuals, but really to just push a political agenda. And that's not something that they support. I thought that was a terrific point that she made. And that's not something that honestly has been really included. It's often forgotten to talk about. Or expressed in that way from, you know, the the actual lobbyists. Yeah, Candace Keller was mentioning about how, like, she views abortion for Down syndrome as discrimination against disabled people. But, like, yeah, there's this uh, hierarchy of, like, disabilities when you look at it, like, oh, we're going to ban it for Down syndrome, but not for... I don't know, Edwards syndrome or trisomy in like 17. Like there's a, a whole slew of genetic tests that is included in the quad screen when you're doing prenatal testing and you're just picking what the one that people recognize the most. Right. Yeah. You know, I, 
they're doing this because it pulls well, mm-hmm. which is the same reason they pushed a 20-week abortion ban. It's because people are like, oh, my, 20 weeks? That sounds like something. That's plenty. And it's not based on any sort of medical science. Right. It's just, how did this poll, you know, based on senior citizens who answered the phone and took the survey? <laughs> yeah. It's a That's real good, really what it is. It's a real good diet. Well, okay, I say it's a real good di- demographic because I'm kidding, but they are the people who go out and vote. So It's true. Right. So, guys... Yeah, you don't have to answer the phone, but you do have to vote. <laughs> so uh, we heard uh, we heard from parents. In addition to Jane Gerhardt, there was two fathers um, who each submitted uh, testimony uh, in written form. They weren't in the committee room. Uh, we heard from several medical professionals, doctors that were saying, "Listen, this is going to be damaging to the doctor-patient relationship." Uh, it's not a good piece of legislation to pass. Uh, and then Jamie stepped up and offered her testimony from NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Um, I would say she got less than a warm reception from the Republican yeah. members of the committee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'd been there for four hours listening to doctors talk about how they don't want to take tests. and Right, that was a previous bill. Yeah, that was a previous bill that I did not care about. <laughs> right. Um and they were just going on and on and on and on and on. But Jamie is the only one that actually had the gavel come down and silence her like before the end of her testimony. And it wasn't like she had a lot more like left of her testimony. It was maybe three paragraphs. So like this, right. this uh, gavel telling her to shut up would, would took longer than actually letting her finish her testimony. That's right. Um, it wasn't the chair of the committee. It was the vice chair. Gavarone. Uh, yeah, representative. And I don't think she knew that she was going to be suddenly running this committee because she looked like a deer in headlights. She kept looking back at the white guy. Like, I don't even know who he was. Like an aide, maybe? Yeah, it's, that was the legislative staffer who, you know, is, is honestly in many cases who the representatives turn to for advice is, you know, the people who are working, you know, 40 hours a week or more in the state house to straighten out all this stuff. So he paid like 32 grand. What are the, okay. Yeah. That's who our legislators are taking advice from. Yeah. Quite frequently. Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a problem. Uh, when you have, when you have staffers that know more than representatives do. 23 year olds. Uh, yeah, quite often. Um, Because I used to be a page, and I was a page for so long that legislative staffers would come and ask me to buy them beer as I'd been through. (laughs) Yeah. But so Jamie got gaveled because she'd gone over some arbitrary time limit. How did it it apply to anybody else? Had it even been established? Uh, And Not really. Um, But then after that point, the questions that were fired off to her and then later Reverend uh, Laura Young, who was speaking on behalf of the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. She's their former executive director, yeah. Yes. Uh, These were some of the most offensive questions that we've ever heard come out of the mouths of legislators during a committee hearing. This was like way over the line. It was like, let's play a game. Who can be the most... Uh, offensive. That's really what it was. Sorry, I was trying to think of a word that was not. Offensive. <laughs> yeah, no, we, th- they were just asking one messed up question after another. There was one point in time where they asked Reverend Young if she would be okay if her child was euthanized. And and then, like, her sister had a child who was born at 20 week, 21 weeks gestation, I think. And Candace Keller asked, "What do, does your sister wish that child had never been born? Right, just completely, horribly out of line, intensely personal questions That's that like were just created designed created equal to... level yes. uh, of inflammatory, you know, like 
nitpicking to try and upset someone and throw yeah. them off their yep. their uh, their game. You know, that's clearly what 100%. they were doing. Yeah, and it's absolutely not how. I mean, even even in the face of political opposition, these are not people who are even looking at the bill impartially. They're biased against any sort of sure. reproductive rights, but there's supposed to be a sense of decorum in those hearings. And mm. the chairman was out and the vice chair didn't know what she was doing. And so this is how this whole thing devolved. It was not a professional setting at the end of that hearing. No, it was, it was rough. Yeah. It was not an enjoyable hearing. So Jamie gets points for hanging in there. And, and then she got to hang out even longer because she had to wait around for Ghanadakis to be confirmed. Right. Yeah, Mike Gonadakis uh, got the confirmation vote uh, in the Ohio Senate. So the leader of Ohio Right to Life is yet again on the state medical board with the power of applying discipline to Ohio physicians. So yesterday was not a fun statehouse day. (laughs) Honestly, way more than just like a handful of points to Jamie and a lot of you for (laughs) sitting through that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have to testify, and I didn't have to, like, milk myself in the bathroom, (laughs) so... It it, it wasn't that bad, other than, like, I didn't have cell service. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm bored, and I have to stand here. Yeah. And then I had to, like, put it away, and, like, these people were trying, like, just ignoring me. Like, that's way weirder than, like, not acknowledging that something's weird happening. It's just like, (laughs) I don't want to recognize this woman. I have no way of processing this. They were, like, women in their 50s, like... Okay, sorry that you can't relate, I guess. You'd think that they would have either experienced that or had a friend who had. Maybe my I Am Pro-Choice America t-shirt made them uncomfortable. I'm guessing they didn't stop to read the shirt. Maybe not. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, maybe not. But I'm also guessing that, you know, like, wasp-centric culture doesn't really apply a sort of vocabulary for talking about or reacting to these sorts of things either, so. (laughs) Probably not. Bodily fluids everywhere. Ah, Uh, That was me clutching my pearls. So that Down syndrome abortion ban in the House, could it receive a vote next week? We're going to continue to keep an eye on on it. Uh, There's a link in the show notes today if you want to send an email to your state legislators letting them know that you oppose this dangerous piece of legislation. Uh, The point of Jamie's testimony, we should note, is that the bill... It claims to be standing up for the Down syndrome community. No, it's just an abortion ban designed to overturn Roe, really, because this would apply... Well, for the sake of a population that they don't care about anyway. Right. And and have refused efforts to help through previous amendments that were offered by Democratic senators that they shot down. They wouldn't take amendments that would have given financial assistance to families raising kids with Down syndrome. They don't care about these families. This is just an abortion ban. So we're going to keep an eye on it. Uh, So that was yesterday. And then uh, you want to talk about what we did today? Today was silly. (laughs) Today was silly. Uh, And it was fun, Um, which it usually is when part of your job involves following around a fundamentalist cult of uh, anti-choice GoPro Christian youth army anti-abortion people with ugly signs people 
Yes. Um, so, right. So Created Equal, uh, we mentioned them just before. They're Columbus-based. We talked, yeah, we've, we've uh, been in their lives and they've tried to be in ours for some time now. I mean, they're not invited. They're really not. Um, but they're, you know, if you, if y'all don't know, they're the group that shows up to college campuses, high schools, Columbus-based. They go around Ohio. They are currently doing a tour that includes Michigan and Indiana, Indiana and Kentucky and West Virginia. Um, and a lot of those places will be high schools where people are a little bit more vulnerable, don't have a lot of access to a lot of information about health and about medical care and about reproduction. So, uh, and also in places that primarily don't have any sort of code for how we do sex education. So they're going to these places that are already a bit more conservative, and uh, they take the giant uh, photoshopped photos of aborted fetuses, quote unquote, because it really very much just looks like baby dolls that they cut up with jello um, and then artfully, you know, arranged and stuff like on that pencil. Um, so they try and trigger you into having some sort of violent reaction to this horrible violence that is abortion and uh, anything that you say or react to will be caught on their cameras and they will cut that up however they want and they will put you on the internet. Um, they really do edit the video that they shoot. They all wear GoPros on their chest and yes. these little harnesses. Like little weenies. Yeah, and then they, they take that video dorks. of your conversation and then they re-edit it to change what it appears that you've said. Or even if you just said something that maybe you didn't mean it that way, we've all done that in conversations. Right, right. So they approach you and they're so keen to talk to you and so keen to... Um, and so nice. And engage, right, and, right, and engage you in any way they can. Um, you know, like they come up to me like, hey, Annie Kroll, how's working at Neural Pro Choice Ohio. Um, oh, you know, I, I worked with uh, a friend of yours doing a show one time, you know, and then like told me about my childhood friend that he knew. Um, you know, anything to try and get me to talk to them and be like, uh, you know, ideally in there, and I'm, I'm sure what they would want is some sort of violent reaction out of me as like a pro choice leader, quote unquote, um, in their local movement. Uh, to try and get some sort of negative fodder for their campaign to fuel their fire, to be like this crusade that we're on this fight, this battle for the lives of the unborn is, you know, like justified because this opposition has these violent reactions. And so they are quick to identify things like, you know, what they call Antifa, you know, which is really just like a random slew of folks that get mad at the signs and then like destroy the signs on college <laughs> campuses that are unaffiliated with anybody else or any organization. Right. Um, well, and Antifa, anti-fascists like they don't have an overarching organization to begin with well right yeah so they're you know so they they're like oh you know antifa on these college campuses with their violence and their violent rhetoric um and so i uh also now in turn with you know our group and whoever is involved in the local student organization on that campus sort of follow them around as they go to college campuses mostly in the concern of the safety of the students you know if they don't know that they're being recorded or if they don't realize you know what the sort of intent and purpose of created equal is at the end of the day which is not even about abortion so much as it is to justify a culture war um, and take, uh, you know, any person that runs into them as, as fodder, you know, to, to try and warn people, give them the information like, hey, you are being recorded. You can have this conversation if you like, uh, but they're not going to want to talk to you when their cameras are off. I've talked to them before with their cameras off and they ignored me the same way I ignore them when their cameras are on. <laughs> so they don't care about you. They don't care about children. They don't care about social services. They care about harsh, you know, really violent scare tactics and rhetoric to try and 
um, you know, create a rise out of anyone who may or may not like what they see and may or may not know that it's fake and that it's been postured to create right. additional, you know, harmful ways of, of scaring people into being anti-abortion. Right. Yeah, I mean, the conversations that they have, they really do attempt to make them like, oh, I want to hear what you have to say. But it's almost like walking onto a used car lot and expecting to have like an honest conversation (laughs) about cars with the salesman. He's not there to just talk. He's there with an agenda. He's trying to sell you on something. They have a point. They're trying to sell you on it or to get a reaction that they can use. Or a donation. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned the when people have hit their signs, what we've seen them do is they get somebody so angry that the person smashes the sign. Then they call the cops. The cops come out. They've got the video of it because they were all wearing cameras. And so now this person's being charged with some sort of damaging of property. And then creativity gets to like swoop in at the last minute and be like, oh, we will not press charges. We will let them go because we are so great. But then they take the whole video and then send it out and fundraise on that. But they also have press charges too. You know, they, they may have. they may not decide to do that. Right. Um, and, you know, any any way that they can look like they were slighted, uh, even with that cop in, in Muncie, Indiana or something <laughs> the other day who took down their signs and was like, <laughs> okay, you're violating free speech. And the cop was like, okay, whatever. I mean, I've never sided with a cop before, but that I was like... Think, I don't even think he was a cop. I think he was like a resource officer. Yeah, like, he didn't... Yeah, he wasn't... Or like, admin. He yeah. wasn't really wearing a cop uniform or anything. And, and they're like, call the school principal and demand that Officer Bob, whatever his name was, get fired or be made to apologize. Whatever, go Bob. Yeah, I know. And I right. called in and then left a message and I was like, I just want to thank, you know, Officer Bob for sticking <laughs> up for us. <laughs> well, when we were when we were uh, doing a counter protest similar to today down in Athens uh, a year or two ago, we were all doing the same sort of thing. They were handing out their lit, having their conversations. We were counter protesting. You had your amazing uterus puppet. I think that was the debut. It was the, the debut. The giant uterus puppet, which yeah. is really a terrific puppet. Thanks, um, Gabe. And after we were there for, I don't know, two hours or so, all of a sudden this like person appeared with a hoodie and a mask on, so you couldn't see their face. And then the person like menaced at the camera and then smashed the signs and then ran off. And they were like, oh, call the police. Someone has damaged our signs. And then, you know, they had a little video of that. And then they sent the video out by email and asked people to, like, donate to help repair our signs. I think Seth was talking something about, like, an act of terror or something. He's yeah, and such a drama queen. You know, I... <laughs> What I was saying earlier is that it's like watching the first act of a Scooby-Doo cartoon. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, there's someone in a mask. And then, you know, they take the mask Spooky. off at the end. And, yeah, you know, it's like the brother of the amusement park uh, <laughs> owner. Yeah. That's all this was was a little skit. And they just, you know, nobody had smashed their signs yet today. So they had to have somebody's, you know, dorm roommate come in and act like they're a big menace and smash the signs. It's all just a play. Right. And people really need to know not to engage this organization because they're going to edit the video. They're going to use this footage. It's not going to be, uh, you know, something fair. Uh, in any way. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, having a really prickly house plant and you, you realize over time that, you know, it's, it, it, it it doesn't need to be there anymore. So you stop watering it and putting it in the light. And, 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 and when you, when you apply that to, you know, our relationship with created equal, what we do is, you know, like give them like some attention, you know, to, to make sure that they don't do harm, but honestly make them feel like they're not being paid attention to or 
people are being turned away from them because they're being forewarned about their, you know, sort of plot at hand. Um, the, the lack of attention is like the water and the sunlight for them. And if they don't have the attention from students or the upset or the, the vitriolic reaction or the lively debate, they're mad. They're so mad. They're so mad at me because I don't talk to them. It's the number one way to piss them off, even though you're so angry at them because they know how to push every button. I mean, yeah, dressing up as a T-Rex and as a uterus, like, they're going to be taken less seriously because we're just dancing around having a a great time. Right, which is kind of the point, you know, like, we take them somewhat seriously, but honestly, they're kind of a joke. (laughs) Today's counter-protest, because we really haven't even talked about it yet, Uh, on Capitol University's campus, uh, they were out there, we came out there, Annie, you drove down with the uterus puppet. Uh, Kelly, you had T-Rexes. Yeah. Fully inflatable outfits. Yeah, we have the... I brought the entire Neral costume department down. Yeah. <laughs> we also have, like, hazmat suits, too. Yeah, it's people in hazmats. Uh, uh, one person had a Gas sign mask. that said, beware toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, you know, which is a, a fair assessment of what it's, you know, what's fueling their... Oh, man, there was one man who was so bad about that sign. He's like, what's that mean? And, he's, and Michelle's just like, well, the fact that you demand an answer is... Kind of yeah. the point. He's not going to understand that, though. <laughs> if you have to ask, he'll never know. Right. <laughs> so it, it was a good counter-protest. Uh, I think we met several of the Capital University, uh, you know, the, the students there, uh, people with college Democrats, mm-hmm. um, people who work uh, with some of the reproductive health care providers around town. Yep. Uh, so it was, you know, valuable and worthwhile for us to be out there making new contacts. So. Yeah. And it was just fun. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to get involved at the next one of these, which might be coming up soon, yeah. uh, email Kelly F at ProChoiceOhio.org. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So since the last week's podcast, uh, Donald Trump passed a horrific law um, rolling back. Was the it a law passed or just like he just took policy away change? You're right. He wasn't signing a bill. It's like he doesn't have authority. Right. Uh, but in this case, they're attempting to, or, or, you know, they are removing the contraceptive mandate that's in uh, the Affordable Care Act. And so this uh, would allow employers to not be legally mm-hmm. obligated to provide birth control coverage for their employees. Right. Which is a really dumb thing, you know? Like, why on earth would you not want your employees to have birth control coverage? Would you rather pay for pregnancy? Oh, wait, you're not doing that either. Right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so there's some employers somewhere who apparently don't want their plans to include birth control. Uh, and so this would allow them to not provide it. You know, I, I kind of look at it as you're not allowed to sell a car that doesn't have seat belts and I don't, but care. I don't need the seat belts. <laughs> you know, we can't make you use the seat belts, but your car manufacturer's religious views doesn't have any impact on whether or not they can sell the car without seat belts. This car has too many cup holders. <laughs> Cars have to have seatbelts. Health insurance should have to have birth control coverage. People don't understand how health insurance works. No, they don't. They really, really don't. Right. And all the responses are just, we don't want to have to pay for your sex. 
And that's not what you're doing in any way, shape, or form. You already are. That's the whole point. That's why we're here. That's why we're employed here. I mean, poverty is systemically maintained through coercive reproductive tactics through our entire history as Americans. I mean, if you can't control how many children you're having, you're stuck in poverty possibly forever because you have no economic means to secure your family if it grows and you have you know, a need for resources beyond your ability to provide for them because your employer just doesn't feel like it. Right. Or if, because you're just not making a living wage because we were both overworked and underpaid in this country for, you know, to earn healthcare, to earn the right to have treatment, let alone a whole spectrum of reproductive information and choices. I mean the whole, but what if you just don't have sex? <laughs> you're right, Kelly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, I I get really sort of incensed about it because um, it's just a, a piece of the pie and, and the logical conclusion is just so, it's such a headbanger yeah. because it's like, we, if, you, if you even wanted to live by your values, just provide the birth control and like, don't think about other people's sex lives. <laughs> like, right. I mean, I was tweeting about this on Friday when the rule came down, and I was saying, listen, this isn't just, like, a women's issue. This is a couple's issue. I said, I want two kids, not 12. You know, every couple out there... How who, dare. Right? <laughs> what about the men? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not what about the men. It's what about, you know, the couples. Well, of course. Don't have we had an game. IUD. That I was benefiting from the IUD almost as much as my wife was. Don't no. have sex, Gabe. And I don't understand that because that was the serious response that I got from a lot of people. I know. Yeah. And I'm like, you're talking about a married couple, you know. I Non-procreative sex. And yet that's, you know, I don't... That's I, a, Mike I, Pence thinking. Right. <laughs> How many people in this country only have procreative sex? I don't get it. Everyone who does that, you're missing out. <laughs> Go get laid. I mean, I, I imagine a large oh, a spirit, Gabe. Yeah. I, I imagine a large chunk of these people probably are like, eh, it's just a women's issue. That's their birth control, not my problem. It's just like, whoa. Oh, it's totally not. I mean, you know. I, well, that's the thing, too. You know, like the public sphere is not women's issues. It's a male realm. <laughs> Do you not want to pay child support? Then you should probably invest in some birth control. Right. I mean, right. so it's it's almost easy but, for people to have uh, that disconnect. Even uh, though strong it makes no families sense. and you know fathers as the you know the breadwinner is like a conservative value, but the father can only bring home so much bread. You're going to have to limit the number of kids <laughs> that the mom has. Just don't have sex. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I can't believe that that was like the serious response that I got from so many people on Twitter. Just stop doing it. Go to hell. You know? Okay. I'll just chemically castrate myself <laughs> so that my urges go away or yeah, the like natural a, or the like literally the most natural thing y'all, but just yeah. don't do it because right. it's your choice, right? So, so, you know, we're fighting about this. This is definitely an issue that needs to uh, become an electoral issue. This is something that members of Congress, uh, you know, people need to be asking Josh Mandel as he's running for the U.S. Senate, hey, what do you think about repealing access to birth control coverage? I mean, I understand that we have to ask him that, but I don't want to talk to him to get an answer. Somebody has to Josh? talk to him. Yeah, I nominate myself. <laughs> You're on. I volunteer. So people, people who are going to congressional town halls 
need to actually be asking this question out loud. We need to get representatives on the record. How do you feel about birth control coverage? Should this be something included in health care? And we need to know what their answer is. Uh, and you need just, to get it on video. It's so frustrating because, like, yeah, it's so frustrating because, like, we were going to just, like, toss out the BC for me signs because we didn't think that was a, a fight we would have to continue fighting. Like, we won the birth control mandate. Everybody gets birth Nope. Right. <sighs> we can't throw out those signs anyway because they're going to make wonderful church hats. <laughs> Fine by me. <laughs> but it's, it's, ten, it's 10 months into a new administration, and that's, like, the first, like, that's, what the, what the I can't say that word on the radio. <laughs> like we're past the point where the radio's cut off. Uh, <laughs> this is so hard for the three of us too. We're like probably the most profane yeah. Yeah. of the whole staff. <laughs> <laughs> but the the other response that I got, which is complete shit. Um, <laughs> well, is, there we go. Uh, they were saying that they shouldn't have to pay for the birth control. That we just want it for free. I'm like, no, we're paying for the health insurance. The, yeah. You know, it's, it's not like I'm, you know, asking not to pay extra for the seatbelts in the car. Stop making the face. No, We're I'm sorry. Paying. I'm following Josh Mandel. I'm oh. trying to figure out when his next events are. <laughs> We're already paying for the health insurance. This should be covered by the thing that we're already paying for. We're not asking anything for free. Guys, I don't want a bonus. I want what I've paid for. Yeah, we have co-pays. We have deductibles. I just had a baby, and I still have, like, $3,500 to pay for that baby. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Met my out-of-pocket maximum, but it rolls over on January 1st. Right. Yeah. But the, the birth control is paid for by the insurance. Yeah. That was paid for by your work. Yes. Your labor, yes, you know, has paid for this insurance. And if you are like, if and if you are paying for ACA compliant health insurance, not through your employer, you are paying the month to month like cost of the insurance and whatever else you have to pay for, like the copays for the doctors, the uh, deductibles, the out of pocket maximums, like right. There's there's lots of costs with healthcare that aren't just like month to month insurance. Like you are paying, like we've already paid for the birth control. Just give it to us. Right. Ah! They're the seatbelts of the insurance world. Give me my seatbelt. Okay. So there's another one that we're going to keep fighting on. So. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've got on the agenda that we're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein. I don't even really give a shit about this guy anymore. He's an asshole. So. Harvey's the end of the cussing. More like. If we could not. More like Harvey dies. Right. If we could not have um, so much rape apologism in our media, I think was our biggest takeaway of that. You know, the the sort of trending cowardice. Of, oh my God, I care about this because I have daughters. No, man, you care about this because women are people. Uh, well, on the one hand, yes. And on the other hand, you know, like the, the also specifically like people who know or coworkers are familiar with people who have committed rape or sexual assault and then try and take some sort of neutralized stance afterwards, I think is a big complaint uh, as well to the reactions towards, you know, um, everything coming to the surface in the past week or so. And I think I'm know, not disagreeing with what you just said, but that is the part of it that becomes, I think, complicated for people well right but what i'm saying is overall if you're not standing up or talking about something if you're a public figure right you have the responsibility then in because one way or another you're either condoning or addressing 
Yes. It gets tricky. I mean, especially if you're a journalist, because if you like prematurely report on anything, you're just going to ruin your career. Like, Well, yeah. And with sexual allegation stuff, it's always, you know, like allegedly mm-hmm. alleged, you right. know, like. There's well, you have to be uh, able, you have to like language. get far enough in your career where you can be taken seriously should you make these allegations. Right. Yeah, it's you know from from what we've been reading, um, you know, it it really does sound like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were Matt doing Damon. like something completely atrocious where they were covering up for this. That's what it sounds like. But there's also been other instances where like Jane Fonda says that she found out about this about a year ago and she expresses guilt for not having have spoken out earlier. And I think, you know, she feels that she should have spoke out. Everybody else says, oh, yeah, it would have been good if he had spoken out about this. But you don't want to place more blame on her than you do the guy who was actually assaulting women. Right, yeah. Um, you know, and then there was other points where people were saying that Seth MacFarlane, when he was hosting the Oscars, uh, Andrea Grimes has a good column about how he made a joke about Harvey Weinstein when he was hosting the Oscars and how women don't have to pretend that they are attracted to Harvey Weinstein anymore. And he made that joke because he had a friend who was one of this guy's victims. And this was a way that he was attempting to, you know, like fire a warning shot at him or, or, you know, Hmm. somehow cast him in a negative light. And so I think Andrea Grimes's point, uh, I'm not trying to put words in her mouth, but she's saying, Hey, that wasn't good enough. Right. Well, no. I mean, clearly it was not. Right. <laughs> but then you don't want to get more mad at Seth MacFarlane than you do the no. guy who is actually assaulting people. No, I know. I also just don't like Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. that's fine. Um, so uh, a couple other points on this. Uh, people need to know that Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Firestein are two different people. Aw. <laughs> um, Harvey Firestein or Firestein, he's the guy from uh, Mrs. Doubtfire who made him the mask, and uh, he's, uh, he plays um, right. someone in Hairspray. He does the, the big drag act. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, a great yeah. comedian. He has nothing to do with this. So <laughs> don't tweet nasty things at him. I won't. Um, Terry Crews, uh, who's uh, the big burly guy from... Um, I love Terry Crews. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And he did some uh, Old Spice commercials. He's great. He shared a must-read story about how he was assaulted at a Hollywood party by some guy who just walked up and grabbed his crotch and, like, grinned at him. And Terry Crews' wife was standing there, and they were both horrified. But he didn't want uh, to have his career ended by speaking out about this so you know people are saying geez look at the story he's sharing and he's like this massive burly guy imagine being a you know 110 pound five foot two actress who's you know physically intimidated and also professionally intimidated so terry cruz shared a really terrific story um and then this morning i guess rose mcgowan had her twitter feed shut down because uh horrible people have been attacking her on social media yeah attempting let's, to let's not ban actual nazis but like right let's ban people who've been speaking out against sexual assault cool 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 cool, cool. right so if you need an example of why femi- feminism is good and <laughs> feminism. we just don't have enough lately right um this was a hell of a week uh. So, okay. Next week we can talk about the Bill Kristen Boggs introduced about letting uh, like minors make their own healthcare decisions regarding their pregnancy. Yes, we will. Kristen Boggs, representative Woo. from Columbus, she's cool. Yeah, that's um, even like a tricky. It's like a tricky thing we can talk about. There's lots of nuances in that bill. Yeah. 
Actually, there's not new ones. It was the middle of the pro- whatever. Um, okay, so uh, let's wrap it up uh, with our let's get it on. So <laughs> the <laughs> knit at night, you're each doing feminites, knit at nights, nitty, <laughs> nitty yarnies. <laughs> Yeah. It's been a long day. Precisely. Yes. Nitty yarnies. So I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. <laughs> so if you know how to knit or crochet. And even if you don't, if you like quilt. to cross stitch. Or just crafting in general. If really. you like to journal or doodle. If you just want to hang out with a bunch of people who do who do like to do these if things. If all you want to do is bitch, like I have friends specifically who don't want to craft and they just come to bitch. And that's Hell yeah. great. Come do that. Will there be one? Uh, B-Y-O-Y yes. Yeah B-Y-O-W Well, yeah Buy, buy your own <laughs> Beer and wine Yeah buy Your own wine Yeah So okay. we usually have it At a place with food And alcohol So Okay So events like that Will be on our Facebook page Yes um, Eventually uh, When we have dates People should go Tomorrow, to Prochoiceohio.org And sign up for email updates Yes uh, And then we will be protesting Counter-protesting Against Created Equal On Thursday uh, Hopefully, at OSU likely, um, unless they decide to switch it up on us. There might now be. Yeah, Gabe, you gave it away. Since there. now we know, I didn't think it was a secret. Sorry, <laughs> they could just decide to not not to go switch on switch it up and be like, oh, we're gonna. And they're gonna make any drive for two hours for nothing. Narrow, yeah, to do the podcast and talk about the nuance. <laughs> Uh-huh. There might be inflatable T Rexes. There might be a uterus. <laughs> Honestly, we'll just have a good time, even if they don't show up. There might be nothing. So maybe we'll just have a party for the okay. sake of it. Yeah. Anything else? We'll bring cake. We probably won't bring cake. Okay. Gabe can bring cake. There might be cake. Okay. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. <laughs>